Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. My name is Reed and I'm joined with some really great guys today for our round 12 review and preview of round 13. This episode is brought to you by, as always, r slash fantasy MLS, a fantastic Reddit community, and snooze buttons, which was the reason for us having a bit of a delay today for the recording. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, I have some great guys joining me today. As always, we have Simon. Hey guys, sorry for oversleeping. And after a couple weeks off, we have Jason, aka Antioch from Reddit and MLS Fantasy Boss. What's up? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing well, doing very well. Thank you for joining, guys. And I guess we'll just jump right into it. So, how'd your teams do? Um, my team did not do so well. I forgot to make my transfers. I basically like hit the snooze button on my week too. Um, I ended up with 68 points, though, which I guess could have been a lot worse. I went down in ranks, but Kai Kamara, captain, and Benny Failhaber saved my week, despite having one, two, yeah, two zeros, and an Obafemi Martins that I forgot to transfer out. So, could have been significantly worse, though. I'm not angry at all. If you're going to forget to make your transfers, just not screwing up a ton is pretty much as good as you can hope for. Yeah, I did pretty good. I got a 93, um, took a negative 8 to bring in uh, Aguadello and Dom, Captain Dom. I told everyone to Captain Dom, so I apologize about that, guys. <clears throat> I think if you would have played the second game, it would have done really well. But, um, yeah, pretty much all green arrows for me. I'm probably going to be taking a negative 8 or a negative 12 this week, too. I mean, it seems that if I take a negative 8 or higher, I end up getting closer to the 90s. So continue to ride that train. Yeah, it can definitely be worth it as long as you find the right players to bring in. I did not take a negative this week myself, and I came away with 87 points. Pretty happy with that. I did captain Benny Failhaber, so I did not go the way of Dom Dwyer. little disappointed in my DC players, but, I mean, in all fairness, I'm waiting for them for the double game week, so this was just what I expected against a it's sort of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde New England team that we're from used to seeing, but we can get into that a little bit later. I was I was pleased, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this this game week. A lot of lot of stuff went on. So speaking of all the crazy things that went on, just a real quick update on the disciplinary committee with injuries. Uh, for those of you who weren't really watching, didn't see the Portland game, Valeri did get injured during that game. He it was an ankle injury. It looks like he rolled his ankle a little bit. Not sure how serious it is just yet. I haven't seen some updates on Twitter or on Reddit or anywhere. But there's a really good chance he could be back. They took him out early, most likely just a precautionary thing to make sure he had plenty of time to recover. So keep an eye on Valeri, but he, he might be back. Uh, there were some card accumulations that came and went during this double game week. Edu and Dorman are both back from having an excessive amount of yellow cards. And then a couple of other cards... LA's Oscar Sorto, he's a 4.3, was playing a left defender. Some people may have hoped that he might have been someone to go to to save some money. He got a red card, so he is going to be gone. Then also New England's Tierney and Wynn got red cards in their second game. Uh, a blow, definitely. So uh, keep that in mind if you're making trades or thinking about what you're going to drop. And then also Breck Shea, red card for Orlando. Ouch, ouch. Bad call anyway. Chapman's a horrible ref. There were a lot of questionable ref calls this time, especially just games in general, not necessarily calls. But uh, yeah, did you guys see the the PK call during the uh, Sporting Kansas City game? Yep. 
What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I thought it was kind of soft, but I mean, our angles are much different on TV compared to how it is on the field. So I can't give him too much grief about that, but I wouldn't have called it. Yeah, it did seem kind of soft. You could see that, Simon? No, I missed it. That was one of the few games I, well, oh, wait, no, I saw the part of that game, but I missed that call. You missed the call. Yeah, it was soft. Some people were suggesting perhaps it was a makeup call. I, I'm torn myself. I find the call questionable, but I love getting the points from from Benny. So, uh, we'll just it's in the books. Whatever. There are some questionable refereeing calls this round, but that just is part of what makes it fun. So, moving on to our first segment, we have our player picks, and we're just going to jump right into this. Double game week teams, in case you haven't checked yet, are Colorado, DC, LA, Portland, RSL, and Seattle. So lots of big-name teams here. So, guys, I'm going to start off with a question that we had from Reddit from Knoxvox, who says, with six teams having a double game week this week and next week, should we pick more double game week players for round 13 or wait for round 14 next week or maybe get a mix of both? Basically what I'm saying, which week has the best double game week players, round 13 or round 14? Discuss. I personally like this week's double game weeks better, um, and I'm totally willing to take a hit probably both weeks. I, I still have my wild card. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna wait until a little bit later in this year to use it. But I mean, I'm probably gonna go. I already have a couple RSL players, Powers. Um, I think that you get the the players that have been scoring big. So your Dempsey, your Powers. Maybe you want to go cheap on, you know, Holberry or somebody like that. Um, but I would go big this week, and <clears throat> hopefully your strategy in the past couple weeks has led up to where you're putting players in for the next – for game week 13 and game week 14. Yeah, I mean, Jason answered it pretty well. I hope you've already been thinking about it. If you're making choices, I'm going more heavy on game week 13 just because I think – uh, the options are a little bit better in terms of like the teams that are playing double game weeks this week are better because you have Seattle, which is pretty good. Uh, LA, they're pretty good. Now that they got Robbie Keane back, LA's good. DC's good. Chicago, or I mean, Colorado could be worse. RSL's great. Really, really, really good. RSL is world beaters. Um, Portland, I thought, was going to be good, and then Valeri got injured again. So, sucks for them. Um, but there's still four pretty good teams there. And I guess Salt Lake's not terrible either. They're probably better okay. than Colorado, actually. So Well, last, and then next well, week, last week you were talking trash, so I'm here to defend them now. So <laughs> I can't get away with it anymore. But next week, here, I'll talk some trash. Next week you have Chicago, Columbus, D.C., Montreal, Philly, and Vancouver. Chicago and Philadelphia are terrible Montreal is okay. Vancouver is inconsistent. Yeah, I'd rather go with the teams this week instead of 14. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you guys have said. Uh, I definitely myself prefer 13 over 14, though I still think it's okay to have plenty of double game week players. I, I think the answer to the question about which one to throw in behind is is a mix. You can, you can maybe easily have some single game week players mixed in this round that are going to be double game week players. Next round, especially if you wanted to go 
with some Columbus Crew guys. If you want to be super sneaky secret squirrel and go with Montreal players, that's something we'll maybe mention a little bit later on. Um, but but there's some guys that you can go with as a, as a nice little mix to hedge your bets going to both of them. But 13 is my favorite of these two double game weeks. So enough about the game weeks. Let's get to the players. So guys, same order. What players do you like from the double game week teams for round 13? Um, for me, I mean, for Colorado, I really like Powers. Um, Holberry, if you, if I mean, if he's already in there, if he fits your budget. DC, to be honest with you, I haven't picked up any DC players right now, and in their current form, I don't even know if I will right now. But I know they're playing Portland away, and then they have three home games of Philly, Chicago, and Toronto, which look pretty good. And I know DC is a much better home team than they are an away team, so that's a thought. Um, I'd maybe only get Hamid, and I know uh, Reid and I were talking earlier, and Rolf seems like a good option until um, Espindola gets back because he'll be playing up top. Galaxy, <clears throat> obviously Omar, Ishii, and Keen. Um, Portland, honestly, I mean, Adi, uh, I kind of like, um, you know, either Borchers or Ridgewell. And RSL, I mean, roll the dice and pick who you want. Javi's back, Plata's back. I don't see Plata going more than 120 minutes. Javi, I could see starting both games. I personally have Ramondo and Olave in from game week 10. Then Seattle Sounders. I mean, I'm since Oba's not in, Barrett could be a sneaky pick. Obviously, Dempsey's a huge asset. I know some people are picking up Papa. And uh, I, I really like Evans. I think Evans is one of their sure sure starters, good center back, decent price. Um, those are pretty good to me. My favorite double game week players, I'm just going to throw out the big money names. I think Robbie Keane plays both games this week, uh, and as such, he's pretty much a must-have for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't start the first one, but he played 35 minutes, and even if he plays one full game and just some sub-minutes in the other, I think he's great. Clint Dempsey uh, is going to score some goals. Like Jason said, Dylan Powers, pretty good too. Um, I'm also picking up Brad Evans. Brad Evans is quietly like been very good for fantasy production this year. The Sounders defense actually pretty solid and Brad Evans uh you know isn't having any of those monster like 13 point games that Omar Gonzalez can have with goals. But uh Brad you know is is the highest scoring Sounders defender and is only 7.8 million. So, he doesn't rack up a ton of bonus points and I know it's good to select defenders based on bonus points. But I think he's a good option for at least one clean sheet this week. So I like Brad Evans. Yeah, he's, he's a clean sheet hunting option if that's what you're going for, not really the bonus points. That's what I consider uh, people like that personally. I, I liked hearing about Keen when you guys were talking about that. If people didn't know, he did play about 35 minutes last game and got an assist on his way back. So that is definitely someone to keep an eye on, I think, as well. And both you guys mentioned Dempsey, and I'm going to – bring up the essence of a couple of questions that I saw right now. Uh, people are saying, is Benny Failhaber someone that they should drop to get Dempsey? Because a lot of people say Dempsey is a must-have. A lot of people just have a hard time wanting to drop Benny Failhaber after the form he's been on. Is that a trade that you guys would make? I don't know. I'm not dropping Benny. I, don't, I think you could probably find a, a different midfielder to drop. Benny is playing against FC Dallas at home this week, and then Seattle at home the week after. 
two home games. I don't really know why you drop him, but then again, Zussi coming back, maybe that takes away a little bit of his production. Um, I don't think he's a must-have anymore, but he's still pretty much the most consistent player in fantasy, so you probably have four other midfield slots. Might as well drop one of them instead. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are much better options to drop. I mean, if you have to take a negative four to bring in Dempsey, do it. Don't drop Benny. He's fantasy gold. I mean, he's gotten... I mean, three is his lowest point game, and that's in game week three. Then he had a four-point game week in game week 10. But Zussi has not impacted him at all, and he's still going to be on all set pieces, still going to take PKs, still going to be a BP magnet. He, I mean, he's gold. I, I mean, he's going to be in my lineup no matter what for the rest of the year until he, until he start, uh, drops performance. But, yeah, find another way to get Dempsey in and take a negative four if you have to. It's worth it. Yeah, great pick. So since we're already talking about single-game players, let's just move right in there. We'll swap it around let you go first this time, Simon. What single-game week players do you like? So most of my single-game players are prepped for next week with double-game week. So Kai Kamara, um, just you can't go wrong with Kai Kamara. He's a single-game week player with a double next week. So at forward, I like him. At midfield, I still like Benny Failhaber. I don't think there's any other single-game week options. You should really be wanting in the midfield. Um, maybe, hmm, I was going to say maybe Pedro Morales because he's got a double next week, but I don't know about that. They've got Salt Lake at home on the second leg of their double week, so that's a pretty decent matchup. But Vancouver has looked kind of bad lately, so... No, you kind of have to balance that. But I wouldn't, if you have extra money, which I bet you don't, but if you do, he seems like a good pickup. And at um, Defender, I just had someone in mind, and it has slipped my mind what's happened here. Um, oh, the guy I have on my team still is Jermaine Taylor. I think Houston's a little bit better than people think they are now just because Owen Coyle has finally coached them pretty well. And they're playing, yes, away to NYCFC, but NYCFC sucks. So that's not a yes. terrible pick. I wouldn't buy him, though. I don't really think you want to be buying any single game week defenders. Yeah, for me, I agree with you on the Kamara pick. I mean, even, I guess, fin uh, Finlay left on crutches, so that, you know, instant boost to Merrim. Um For midfield, I also... Um, I'm going to let you take the good midfield option, Reed, that we discussed earlier. But the other midfield option I have is Maidana. Since Philly's starting to come into form, Maidana's really starting to pull the strings and be the maestro in there. I think that he could be a potentially a pretty good pick. And then defense, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Montreal, um, is it Seaman? Simon? C Simon. Uh, Simon. Um, I think he's a fantastic pick for a defender if you are going to get one, getting ready for the double game week. Yeah, definitely some people that do stand out there. Uh, yeah, the, so what Jason was alluding to is, is I was saying if you really want to be kind of sneaky with your picks this week as far as a single game player with a prep for a double game, then – and this, this actually uh, is part of a question that we were asked. I don't think it's coming up later on, but someone was asking if we had enough of a sample size for Montreal. And if you look at their players, there, there are a few that kind of stand out, and so I think they could be – under-the-radar picks, so someone like Piatti, if you've got enough right there. He's 9.8. He is only owned by 1.2% 
uh, fantasy managers, and in the last two games, he's gotten two assists and one goal against RSL and Dallas. They've both been home games, but those are not scrub teams, to say the least. So that, that could be something if you're looking for a nice differential pick. Next week, they have Chicago this, this round. Next week, it's Vancouver and Columbus, followed by New York City FC and then Orlando, and then another double game week against Toronto and Philadelphia, and then New York City FC again. So if you start bringing in some Montreal players, you might uh, get some good, some good rewards if they keep on this little bit of form that they've done. So that was what we were talking about earlier. Something else that we talked about earlier that I want to mention is what about Kaká? Still not my favorite. I I know he's performed the last couple of weeks, but I am not going to count a PK as any kind of consistent scoring potential from Kaká. I'm dropping him this week. I've had him, uh, you know, I captained him in game week 11, and that that saved me and pretty much boosted me up uh, 400 game ranks. This week with the penalty kick, you know, or the penalty, uh, you know, hey, I don't really care how you score it. That's five points for me. I don't care how it happened or what happened. It's a goal. But... I don't really like their upcoming schedule. I mean, you know, they're at Columbus, home against Chicago, at D.C., um, away at Montreal, home against Colorado. Just, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe eventually, but, I mean, Kaka, the, the thing is, is Kaka's performing right now, and he's, you know, hitting form. But I know you alluded to this earlier, Reed, that Kaka has, what, I believe one actual goal this season that came from open play, not coming from, you know, a misdirect kick that rebounded, then he kicked it in, PK's. And um, yeah, so I'm dropping him. I just I just find a hard time counting a, a PK as form. I know I've probably done it in the past myself, but I just I'm looking for consistency with someone who costs that much money, and I'm just not seeing it from Kaká. He's got potential, but it's just the team around him. It's just it's tough. It's tough right now. Yeah, there's better options I think for your for the price point, especially with all the upcoming double game weeks too. Get someone that's going to be playing 180, not just 90. And then, Simon, you uh, mentioned uh, Pedro Morales back there. Something I think it's important everyone remembers is some of these big guys didn't start this week, and that's because earlier in the week they were playing in their own Canadian Cup. So this was kind of a double game week for Montreal. Yeah, I believe – oh, off the top of my head, I can't remember who they were playing. I, th- I want to say uh, – I'll, I'll just look it up. How about I do that? Yeah, they were playing Edmonton in the Canadian Championship match, and then Vancouver did did win that. I think it might have come down to PKs. but uh, So, yeah, that was this was kind of a double game week for them, so not so surprising to see some people get rested. Pedro Morales, definitely a good pick going forward as long as everyone's starting. But what about Rivero? He's not been quite producing as much recently. I mean, I don't think Rivero's a bad pickup. I just think that there are other forwards that I want to have um, because I want... Kamara and I want Keen and I actually also want Martins now that the Sounders have said that he should play on Wednesday. So there we go. There they I was just looking and that has just come out in the past hour or whatever. Um so I just don't know how you find room for him. I think he's a solid option, but I think there's better options. Well said. So Getting a transition before our next segment here. You've already mentioned Oba and Keane, so I'm going to give you guys two two-part question. Part one: Who are your must-have or your differential players for round 13? And then part two: Oba or Keane, if you're faced with that decision. Gotten the you were, you were alluding to it, yeah. The must-have players, but you know what? If I have to choose between 
was it choosing between Dempsey or Oba, or was it choosing between Oba? Oba, Oba and, or Keen. What forward do you go with? Um, Robbie Keen. I agree with that. I think only because it's a lot of eggs in one basket to have Dempsey and Oba. Honestly, I feel like it's more of a choice of like choose two of the three because you probably can't afford all three. So, like, if I had to choose two of them, I would choose Keen and Dempsey. But that's only because also who knows if Oba will actually play. It scares me to take a guy who's been out for two games. So, but not a guy who's been out for six weeks. Well, at seven. least here's the thing. Keen Keen played <laughs> last time, though. He's, you know, we actually know that he's healthy again. So. Sure. Yeah, mine would be, uh, I personally am not trying to be a, a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis, uh, Javier Morales, he's back. He's ready to go. RSL has transitioned back to a diamond 4-4-2. It's kind of an ever-evolving diamond. Uh, it's kind of weird, but he's back. He's going to be taking all the set pieces, everything again. RSL has, are now starting to score. Plata will be coming back this week. Sandoval has been doing really well. Sabo scored a goal here and there. Um, things are starting to click back again for RSL's offense. The defense is, you know, usually pretty stellar, except for up in Montreal the other week. But uh, um, yeah, even though they do have two away games, I feel that uh, Javi will at least get you an assist, potentially even a goal. Um, so that's for me. Uh, the four picks, I, I think Keen, um, as long as he does play, I think he's a must-have for this game week. And then um, defense, I have to say. Uh, like we spoke earlier, I think Brad Evans is a fantastic pick. If you can't afford him, see if uh, see if Dylan Remick starts. He's 6.0, plays, plays left back, you know, clean sheet hunting, but a potential defensive or attacking bonus. So not bad. All right. Thank you so much, guys. So that's all that we have for our player picks. If you're someone who usually tunes out at this point, I want to give you one quick heads up, and I'll go into more of this later on at the end of the show. In two weeks for round 15, we're going to have something special, a fantasy round table of sorts, middle of the season, kind of get a collective where are we, more on that later on. So either listen or just fast forward to the end or look for a post on Reddit later. So now it's time for our community segment, some questions and answers from both Twitter and Reddit. And Simon, do you want to kick us off? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And the first question comes from Buckman United, saying, I will have seven double game week players this round and nine for round 14. Both will take minus eight. Am I doing this right? Um, well, it's hard to tell without looking at your team. But <laughs> here's the thing. So you're going to have a free, free wild card in round 15. So any hits you take these two rounds, you need to make up those points in the two rounds to make it worth it, right? Because this is not a long-term building thing where hits are going to maybe be, you know, have their benefit, the benefit of taking those hits and making those transfers spread out over multiple weeks. So I would not go super intense taking any massive hits unless you really, really think that you're going to make up those points immediately. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having seven and nine divided on the rounds i'm probably having nine or ten this week and more like six the next week so i think that's you're doing it fine but 
Mm, if you're going to take minus eights, you got to make sure that you think those are going to pay off. So that's kind of the difficulty there. Yeah, I personally, um, I'm totally good with it. I know um, I'm kind of on the other side of the table on this one. Um, I was never a proponent to taking negative hits, but then this year I'm I'm just thinking, you know, man, I was so close last year. I was at the top 100 and then I wasn't at the very last game because I didn't take a hit. If I would have taken a negative eight on the last week, I would have been in the top 100. Plus I'm not spending any money, so why the hell not? I mean, go big or go home, right? I'm taking. I'm probably taking negative eight, potentially even a negative twelve. And I, I, I get, I get what Simon's saying about you know you need to make sure that you're making up for it. So you do need to make sure that those players are going to be starting, you know, 180 minutes. And I mean the fact that you're having, um, what, seven double game week players this week and then nine for 14. That to me seems like you're going to have four DC players on each way and they're each each game a week and then other players. I'm okay with that, but just, you know, be careful, man, because how many points did all of the D.C. players uh, get in game week 11? So just be careful about that. Make sure it pays off. Yeah, Jason brings up a good point. If you're loading up on D.C. players, do remember that there is going to be some call-ups soon for the Gold Cup and uh, some friendly games. So we're going to have to keep an eye on those, and that will definitely impact your roster. I know I'm not counting on everyone being around for round 14, uh, but otherwise, I think you're doing it right. I, I think both of these guys hit the s- different sides of the spectrum as far as your fantasy style, and it really just depends on what you feel is right for your team. I think the mixture that you're going to have a 7 and 9 is a good respect for the type of performance we've been seeing from the single game week players, so I don't feel like you're missing the mark not going all in with a double game week at any time. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I think you're doing fine. And I hope you have good luck. And if you were listening, Buckman, Simon said, send him your team. That, that's what it, it translates to in my head. So send your team to Simon on Twitter. He'll take a look at it for you and give you a more in-depth look. <laughs> at Simon Thwaites. Uh, I will look at it and tell you what to do. And then you'll do the opposite, and it will probably work out well for you. <laughs> so our next question comes from Dizzo Dizman from Reddit. And he says, Philly looked good this weekend. Anyone you have your eye on for their coming, their upcoming home and double game week in round 14? Um, Jason mentioned this earlier, and for me, it's it's Maidana. That's the one that I would pick. Though I do want to put a caveat on how Philly performed. They have pulled out two these last two weeks. One was a last-minute save for Philly against D.C. And then last week it was against New York, who were missing both of their two normal starting center backs. One was gone for a call-up, and the other one was out injured. So i got to imagine that played some part in in Philly being able to get that goal the way they did. But um, Maidana's back, and he was always one that I think is a standout from Philadelphia Union. So if you are looking at a Philadelphia player, that's my guy. Yep, same here, Maidana. Um we're going to be sne- uh, sneaky, maybe even getting McCarthy. He's actually been playing pretty dang good lately. Um, their defenders really don't, you know, don't tickle my fancy. And then Wenger, Sapong, and Casey, it's just a big rotation of less than mediocrity. So, yep, my Donna, it's the only one. All right, and the next question comes from Le Bleu USA. Uh, uh, Sporting Kansas City scored four girl, uh, four girls, 
four goals on New England and none on Seattle. Is that indicative of how good Seattle's defense is or how bad the changed New England lineup was? I mean, Seattle is always, you know, they always have a pretty stalwart defense, and New England is just, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So I don't really, I mean, I don't know. Kansas City is, you know, pretty pretty good, especially with uh, Benny and Dom. I mean, they're they're a very high-pressing attacking team. But um, I don't know. I, I, I like Seattle's defense. I think that they're, uh, they're, they're good to have. We alluded to that earlier in this conversation. And New England, I mean, with a rotation of Jermaine Jones playing center back and coming in and playing holding defensive mid, just, I mean, it just, they're just trying to figure out what's working for them right now. Yeah. So I think there's two parts to this question. These were the two double game week teams that we had this week, New England and sporting Kansas city in, in the first game. So I think what we saw in that game is a basic strategy on how teams handle double game weeks and other teams looking ahead or both teams looking ahead. So we saw, Sporting Kansas City at home, they've been doing well at home. So they came all out, guns blazing. They knew they had some defensive woes, so they really needed to press the attack. New England seemed to be more thinking about their game against D.C. Down the road, they released a not a typical starting lineup, and it seemed like that hurt them some at the beginning. Some players like Farrell weren't there. We all saw that Jones seemed to check out during this game. He just got... Blown by a couple times, was just not paying attention and not did not have his head in the game, and that really hurt them. And Sporting Kansas City went all out. When they played against Seattle, they were at Seattle's territory, knew that was going to be a tough game, and they just bunkered up. So I don't really know if it's indicative of how good the defense is or bad, or it's just the strategies that the coaches use to play their teams during these double game weeks when they know they're going to be stretched. Yeah. You saw that game, didn't you, Simon? Yeah, I mean, I was there. That was the worst game to be at in the history of the world. Um, God, it was boring. Boring as hell. Uh, yeah, I don't think that was indicative of either the Seattle defense or the New England lineup. I think it was more with the Kansas City attack that they we're playing basically a team of second string attacking options against the Sounders and they knew that going forward was going to be stupid so they parked the bus all game and didn't really try and score so um you know when you don't have Dwyer or really any of your other good options it's not like they had a whole lot of opportunity going forward just due to player selection so um, I think Vermees is a smart, smart dude, decided to park the bus and got the point that he came for. So I wouldn't look for it to be like that in the future necessarily. Just smart soccer. Yeah. You know, can't blame them. Made the game boring to watch, but uh, you got to get points when you can get points. So um, on to the next one. Boyan, Boyan, who are your clean sheet locks for this week? Uh, Seattle Sounders Football Club. Good sir. They are playing against the Colorado Rapids. I do not trust the Colorado Rapids to score. Then they're playing against New York Red Bulls at home. I trust New York to score a little bit more than Colorado, but it's always hard when you fly across the country. So um, I don't think there's ever such a thing as a clean sheet lock, but 
that's about as close as it gets. Yeah, if I knew who's a clean sheet lock, I'd be making a lot of money. But exactly what Simon says, I agree 100%. So his opinion stands as mine as well. I uh, don't make a lot of money, but I will will uh, take a stab at this. Single game week teams, I think Houston has a good chance, even though they're on the road. For double game week teams, yeah, I understand what you guys say about Kansas City. I'm going to go with D.C., though uh, not really sure what I think about Portland right now, and Philly is still this little bit of an enigma to me, but I'd like to see what how they do against a, fingers crossed, better defensive line. So that's what I'm going to jump out with. I'm going to say D.C. for double game weeks, and I'm going to say Houston for single game. Let's move on to Rubik's. Besides Dempsey, which attacking players do you think are worth a minus four this week? Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know if anyone but Dempsey is is worth a minus four. If you're going specifically, if you're going to be going for loading up on your double game week players, then I think you could have some options there. Robbie Keane might be someone to take a look at. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Pedro Morales that we already mentioned before. I'm really not planning on taking much of a hit this week unless I have some injuries that I don't know about, so I'm not sure if anybody else besides Dempsey is really worth it. I bet Jason, though, has some thoughts. Yeah, I uh, for me, um, obviously Dempsey's great. Um, Joralis, I think, is a, I think that that could be a great pickup. Um, Keen, Dempsey, Joralis, and I mean, if you are planning for next week and you would rather take hits this week, then hey, why not, you know, why not Piotti, why not um, Kamara, why not Rivera? Why not Perales? I mean, if you're going to be taking hits, and might as well get them all knocked out in one game week, and then make them up next week or whatever. So, what do you think, Simon? Um, I think you guys had pretty good answers. I yeah. You're you're not the the guy who's all about the hits, so I like this. this I'm probably going to end up taking a minus eight or so this week. Oh, that's more because I'm kind of in a screwed situation injury-wise than anything else. So, All right, moving on with the next question. Chris J.D. Grandy, or Grady, I'm sorry. Chris J.D. Grady. Uh, is it worth dropping Benny for any double game week midfielder? And I find it really hard to drop the guy. He's just fantasy gold right now. Also, any budget defender picks we should be eyeing? Anyone who looks to have nailed down a spot in the last few weeks, I'm always trying to uh, – I'm always looking for picks for my ultra-budget back line. Um, we were speaking about this a little earlier, or earlier, Chris. Uh, I don't think Benny is droppable right now. Um, figure out someone else who to get in there for a double game week midfielder. And budget picks, I know um, I'm actually going to pass this off to Reed. I know Reed had some really good ideas. The only budget one that I think that if possibly he starts the first game, he will play the second, um, Dylan Remick, 6.0 defender for Seattle. I think that that could be a sneaky pickup. Yes, though Rimmick is definitely a guy that's on my list. Someone who's still away right now, and and uh, Jason would know more about this one than I would. But Allen is someone to keep a look at. He's cheap. He's been playing more in midfield though, but he is a defender, so that's a nice out of position player that you could look yeah, he, at. He's in the under twenty World Cup. Yeah. He should be back in four weeks or so. So that's that's a down the road sort of thing. Uh, with Montreal sort of turning it on, Toya came back. He just came in for a few minutes. 
near the end of their game, but that could be a nice sign that he might be ready for their double game week. He is a cheap person. Opare has been surprising everyone, and he is still playing, even with some of the first-choice DC players back in the picture. So uh, that one's got a little bit of a question mark over because I just I don't know what his longevity is, but he's been doing well, so I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on at, at DC. Uh, Hoberry is one that seems to be immune to the the shuffle that is the Colorado Rapids back line. Uh, Woodbury, he's been doing well at New England, also a budget guy. Did not do great during this double game week, but we're really hoping for clean sheets out of him. Every now and then he's putting some balls in the box, so you never know. You might get lucky, but he's cheap. And if you're doing a budget back line, that's it. And then you guys got to help me with this one. New York player, I'm butchering his name, but uh, we met. Is that, is that how we say it? I was I trying to find a pronunciation. Yeah, I think so. But O U I M E T T E. He has been filling in while some of the guys are injured or away at the U20s as well. So he's he's pretty budget. Keep an eye on them. Again, might not be a long-term guy, but those are some of the guys on my list. I can think. I mean, you got your Zimmermans and stuff as well, but some of those teams are having their starters like Lloyd coming back. Polster as well. I've I've had Polster for the past couple of weeks from Chicago. Four point seven playing center defensive mid. Not bad. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. So, on to the next one. Fulham Rev says, do you think Remick will start both games for Seattle this week? And how many of the next four games do you think Burnbaum slash Opare will play over the next two game weeks? Well, we just kind of talked about that. Um, I'll, I'll add my voice to the Remick conversation and just say, be careful. Um, personally, I think he plays both games, but Ziggy has been... Uh, very vocal in saying that Leo Gonzalez will get chances to play this year. It's, he's not completely lost the spot. Looking more to the future to transition Remick to being the full-time starter, but I wouldn't be shocked if uh, somehow Leo Gonzalez ends up playing left back against the Red Bulls. Uh, maybe get a more wily veteran defender in there in, instead of Remick against a team that I think Leo Gonzalez is a little bit better of a matchup for. So... Uh, I got no clue with the D.C. situation, though. Yeah, um, Simon would be the better person to know about Remick. But like I said, if he starts the first game, why not put him in? If he has a good game, maybe then they'll continue starting him. And Birnbaum, Opare, I mean, I believe, uh, I don't know who, I forget the coach's name for D.C., but uh, he was saying that he doesn't plan on taking Opare out since it's working for him. Um, and that, um, you know, Opare has kept the starting job. I read that somewhere on MLS Fantasy Boss. Someone tweeted it out earlier this morning. So, um, I mean, <clears throat> it's it's kind of a gamble for Remick or Opare or Burn. Um, roll the dice and hopefully it goes in your favor. Yeah, great answers. Um, we did touch a little bit on that with Opare as one of our budget, budget ones. It's called a transition, guys. That's what I'm trying to set up here. I yeah I don't see why he wouldn't get all four games unless there's an injury. You still have Brimbom there. I guess he's just gonna have to work his way back in. It's I I just don't know. I have gone the slightly more expensive route and I brought in Boswell as my DC guy because I feel pretty confident about him playing some more of these games. But we'll see. A little bit of a of a shuffle going on there right now. But it is cheap. So if you gotta go with the cheap one. Opare is someone to, to look to. 
So our final question tonight is sort of a compilation of two that comes from Casey in Seattle, or St. Louis, Casey in St. Louis, and at Chin Sandal Bellies. Chin Sand chin, Bellies. No, chins and Bellies. Chins and Bellies. Wow, I'm awful with Twitter names. Sorry about that. Casey and <laughs> I botched them both. <laughs> so anyway, both of these guys basically asked if we had any advice or strategies on how to approach the round 15 wild card. That's where we have all those bye weeks that are coming up. You know, I just want to say, I was ready for these names like four hours ago when we were getting ready to do this thing, but I have forgotten since we had the Simon B. Mr. Sleepyhead. So anyway, uh, as far as advice for round 15, what I'm going to say really is it's a, it's a little bit far ahead to know, but we're going to be having a special fantasy roundtable edition of the MLS Fantasy Insider for round 15. Might be a little bit longer. Going to have a lot of great guests on the show, besides the normal guys that are usually here. We're going to have some of the experts from MLS Fantasy this year. Travis should be back from his show. I think we're going to have the Fantasy Doctor. We're going to have some other bloggers that post on Reddit as well. We may even have someone special from MLS as well come on for a little while to share some opinions on, on that. So... I hope to have some better strategies for you for the round 15 episode. Fortunately, that is when all of these crazy double game weeks are over, and there is plenty of time to consider what's going on. So my advice for round 15 is to wait and tune in for the Fantasy Roundtable. Stay tuned, kids. So that wraps it up for questions this time. Sorry if we did not get to yours. If you still have them feel free to go to Reddit and post in either the questions thread earlier or the actual thread that is going to be for this podcast with all the links to the ways you can listen. Or tweet any of us on Twitter. I'm at MLS Fancy Boss. And uh, any of these other guys, you guys should go ahead and share your Twitter names. Yo, I'm at Simon Thwaites, T-H-W-A-I-T-S. You can hit me on Twitter for advice. I'm on Twitter, like, all the time, so... Yeah, and I'm uh, at JJ underscore Dirty. Hit me up for injury news, advice, punts. Usually we just uh, include MLS at MLS Fantasy Boss, at Simon Thwaites, and then at JJ underscore Dirty. And we all give our opinions about, you know, the players' injuries, uh, questions on lineups and things like that. And it's, you know, it's fun for us too. It gives us things to think about. And sometimes, hey, I even take your guys' advice and put people in and like the Kakan Ramos thing. Thank you. I forget who did it, but thank you for giving me that advice. It worked out great. <laughs> it's a great reciprocal community we have here. So now moving on to the very, very fun things. Just, just I love these. So we have the leagues. This is the MLSFI host head-to-head -head league. So we're going to see how everybody did. I did pretty well myself. I edged out Fripp, who's at Backseat Manager on Twitter, by two points. So that's it. Thank you, Woodbury. Thank you, Bradley Wright Phillips, for getting only two points, that's what I needed. I, I edged him out. And then, Simon, I think you continue to do well? Yeah, I beat Black and Red. Uh, kind of lucky, honestly. I didn't really expect any a win this week after forgetting to make transfers. But uh, won by nine points, so you know. Well, hey, it's, it's the little things that, that count, right? Now, Jason's not in our head-to-head -head league because we weren't as heads-up whenever we were putting that together, but uh, any any head-to-head -head leagues you want to wanna shout out about how well you did? Um, Really, no. Um, <clears throat> in the Fantasy MLS head-to-head -head league, I won, but 
I start out the year kind of weak. Um, but yeah, I'm in 11 as Billy Quetas league. I don't know how I got in that league or who they are, but I'm in the top 10 on that one. So yay. Excellent. And then the number one top scorer from the R slash fantasy MLS league this round is a big congratulations out to Liam, who's manager of Speckles, who had 112 points. Congrats. That was an excellent score. A lot of high scores this week, guys. Lots of people in the hundreds, lots of people in the upper 80s and 90s. So great round. This is what you want to see out of a double game week, which we were not getting earlier in the year. And then some funny team names that I enjoyed. Uh, Ethan Kennedy had a team name that was Bunsberries. I thought that was pretty clever. And then Thomas Schmidt had... Obafemi's Lemmings. may have done that one before, but I, I really enjoyed that. And then Sarah Foxworthy had Livin' on a Pareja. And I've I had like that song one. in my head the whole time. I like, since, I like since, that. I like it. I like that. I also had someone who I forgot to write it down, but they, uh, they sent me a, a tweet with a uh, hot garbage. And it was, if the players you transferred out of your team scored more points than your team combined, your team might be hot garbage. I like it. I like how it's still going. So good. Keep sending those in if you have any hot garbage, any hot garbage quotes, and we'll try to get them on the show if we can. And uh, that's all that we have for this one. We're going to end it up with final comments and plugs. Um, today is Memorial Day, correct? Correct. So thank you to everybody who has served in our armed forces or anything of any branch of the military. Thanks for keeping our country free. And hey, thank you guys for doing what you guys do. Well said. Uh, I guess I'm just going to say again, we have the episode 15 special fantasy roundtable coming up, so be sure to tune into that, share it with your friends, everyone start getting excited. There will be some special uh, posts for collecting questions for that when we have a bit more of the lineup nailed down for our guests, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting. Be sure to check us out on whatever podcasting software you use. Give us some likes, give us some retweets, whatever. Share it with your friends. Help us get our numbers up to really spread the word about MLS Fantasy Insider, and I'm hoping you're having fun. We had a suggestion last week for a way to help make the podcast better with maybe some of the hosts giving their sort of what-if wildcards if you were to do it at this time. I can say I like that idea, and it's going to be coming up with this Round 15 podcast and maybe a few down the road, especially since Jason hasn't used his wildcard yet, so maybe we'll let him give us a little what-if if he was going to do that. If anybody else has any suggestions, please feel free to email me at mlsfancyboss at gmail.com, tweet me at, at mlsfancyboss, or hit me up on Reddit. I am Dashdar on there, or respond to the thread that's going to be posted. We love hearing feedback, love making the show better for you all, and if you've stuck with it all the way through to the end, thank you so much for listening, and good luck. <laughs>